aired on NBC. David Gould wrote a book called Q School Confidential that focused on the 1998 finals, but was more about Q School history and lore than one particular year at Q School. When I went to PGA West for the 1993 Q School finals, there were three other print reporters there. In 2005, in addition to the Golf Channel, there were at least 30 writers on the premises of the Orange County National Golf Center and Lodge in Winter Garden, Florida. That isn't exactly a master's turnout, but it does reflect a quantum leap in interest. In spite of the growth in coverage and interest, most people who follow golf still think the six-round finals that are on television are Q-School. In fact, the case can be made that the finals are now the least pressurized aspect of Q-School because everyone in the finals knows he will have some kind of job playing golf the next year. If he isn't one of the 30 players in ties, those tied for the last available spot who make it to the PGA Tour, he will have, at the very least, some status on the AAA Nationwide Tour. When the Nationwide Tour began in 1990 as the Ben Hogan Tour, the average weekly purse was $100,000. Now it is closer to $550,000. That is still less than 15% of what PGA Tour golfers play for each week, but enough for some players to make a living. What makes Q School so fascinating is the breadth of the stories. In 2005, the 1,205 players who signed up to play ranged from Larry Mize, the 1987 Masters champion, to a guy whose low round at first stage was an 89. There was one woman in the field, Isabel Beisiegel, who played for the second straight year. When Paul Azinger decided not to play, Mize was the only major champion in the field. But there were past PGA Tour winners, veterans trying to hang on, and youngsters attempting to make it to the big tour for the first time. One of my more vivid memories from researching this book is of Stephen Gangliff, who played on the PGA Tour in 2002, but bounced all the way back to playing first stage in 2005. He was sprawled in a chair outside the locker room at the Tournament Players Club Tampa Bay, having just shot 75 in the third round of first stage to knock himself out of contention. Couldn't leave the course because the approach of Hurricane Wilma had forced the schedule to be moved up so that the final round could start an hour after the third round ended. It was too hot to pound balls on the range, and what was the point anyway? He couldn't bring himself to walk into the dining room and sit with other players who were rehashing their rounds and preparing for the last 18 holes. And he was too much of a professional to do the easy thing and withdraw from the tournament so he could get the hell out of there. So he sat in that chair, staring into space, hoping, no doubt, that he would wake up at home in bed and find that it had all been a bad dream. Instead, with no chance at all to qualify, he got out of the chair and ground out a 67 in the last round, an effort that still left him six shots and 21 players outside the number. You have to hope that there are happier days ahead for someone like Gangliff and for many other players I encountered along the way. Q School is filled with sad stories because, let's face it, most of the players who enter aren't going to make it to the PGA Tour when they hand out the cards in December. In fact, most of the players who enter Q School will never make it to the Tour. Only about one-third of them will ever make it to the Finals, and about half will never make it out of first stage. Most of those who sign up for first stage are superb players. There are more than 30 million golfers in the United States. Perhaps 2,000 can legitimately think about trying to make a living playing the game. Maybe 500 of those players are good enough to play somewhere, PGA Tour, Nationwide Tour, NGA Hooters Tour, or the Mini Tours, and pay their bills.
Half of that number are good enough to play regularly on the PGA Tour or the Nationwide on a steady basis. And of course, only a handful end up becoming millionaires and owning their own airplanes. And in case you haven't been paying close attention, there's only one Tiger Woods. Even among that tiny gaggle good enough to make it to the PGA Tour, there's absolutely no guarantee of continued success. Each year, most of the players who make it through Q School to the Tour find themselves back at Q School the following year. Q School is not a place anyone wants to go back to, but most players will tell you they're glad they had the experience at least once. Think about this, said Steve Pate, a six-time winner on the Tour who has been back to Q School several times in recent years. Have you ever encountered any player who told you he didn't have a Q School story? The answer to that is no, unless you count Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Justin Leonard, and more recently, Ryan Moore, all current players who were so good coming out of